0: Very much. I it. So I'd like to spend a few minutes together reviewing Mitzvah Shelfer, both the Halacha and the So let's begin with a somewhat more technical discussion of the Mitzvah Shofar, on the level of Chalopah, bear with me, trying to keep it as lucid as possible, and from there, to use that as a lead-in, to Mitzvah Shofar, Al-Payyad Lado. Remember my Mitzvah Shofar, that it one the steals still the Shofar, and then uses that Shofar to sound the requisite blasts of the shalfa, the tzikia, the shvar, the first tzikia on Rosh Hashanah, he has fulfilled his mitzvah. But this stands in marked contrast to the first mission and the third paragraph of sukkah, which shows that lulav havazel is possible if a person steals the lulav and then employs that in the service of his mitzvah lulav on, on Sukkot. He has not fulfilled his mitzvah. By contrast, if the person steals a shofar and then uses that shofar to facilitate his kiyama mitzvah, so that kiyama mitzvah is valid. The principle of mitzvah above the fact that an averva was performed does not undermine the mitzvah in this context. And then the Raman gives a rather cryptic explanation and the, which is that aim the That the status of stolen property cannot attach itself to something intangible such as a sound. The status of stolen property can attach itself to a lula, to something tangible. It can't attach itself to something intangible such as a of Aim the in dingza the Rasa the B'Rafa, many of you are, are probably familiar with this. It. it was a staple in the Shi'udim of Rosh Hashanah explained as follows. The Rama was asked and we have the Tshuva we have his response on what the correct form of the Rafa should be preceding the Mitzvah. Should the Bach have been asked if the mitzvah of the or as we in fact have it, the shnola call shofar? And the Roman responded that the mitzvah is shnira. The mitzvah is to hear the sound of the shofar, not so much to sound of the shofar, to actively produce the sound, to make the sound, but rather to hear the sound. And accordingly, the Roman says, and this is the view that has prevailed. This is own custom that the brother should be Lishmoah kol Shofar, reflecting this emphasis and definition of the Litzvot. And This is also indicated in, in the Rambam, in, the Rambam, in the Shofar, as you know, at the beginning of each set of Halakos, the Rambam enumerates for us which of the Tariyat Yitzvot will be discussed in this section of Mishnah Torah. When he started he's going to discuss mitzvah shop, he lists it as the mitzvah of the Shmoar of Shofa. So the Rudrin went on to explain, we won't again that the, he had many many proof texts for all of these things that we're that the soul of mitzvah above the fact that a mitzvah is disqualified because of its Adveira background, because of the transgression which was pivotal to the Kiyama Mitzvah, so the Halakha limits that to when the Avera when the chetzosho mitzvah, when that object with which the mitzvah is fulfilled was itself, is itself, an object of Avera For instance, by the Lula, so the mitzvah is to hold the lulav. But if the lulav is stolen property, so the same object which represents the kiyonah mitzvah, that very object is stolen property, is itself a chetzel shalaveira. itself, again, an object tainted by aveira. Not just in terms of its history, but in the present. Right now it's stolen property. It's stolen property. Hence, the love explained... When the Raman said, the cold in It was reflecting this definition of the mitzvah, that since the mitzvah is fulfilled by hearing, so with what do you fulfill? The mitzvah is when the, uh, the waves, right? The sound waves which come out of the shofar. When you hear those sound waves, you fulfill the mitzvah. So that, the soul, the disqualification of mitzvah, can't can't affect. It can't taint the 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 sound waves because something intangible such as that is not susceptible to the psu, to the disqualification of mitzvah babeh, because again, based on Yoshami or the 13th Five of Shabbos and other sources which the Vishun in quotes, the the disqualification of Mitzvah Bhava is not simply if somehow or other the Audeva paves the way for the mitzvah, but specifically if the arveira attaches itself to the same object as the mitzvah attaches itself to. But since the mitzvah is fulfilled through shmir, through listening, so there is no object, that's an intangible, hence there is no place for this psuva mitzvah above In a word, what we're going to be focusing on again, is this definition of mitzvah shofar. The mitzvah shofar is to hear the blast of the shofar, not necessarily sound the shofar, but simply to hear the shofar. And again, and halakhically, so we've seen two manifestations of that. Number one, according to the Rambam, the fact that in contrast to a lulav, if one employs a stolen shofar one can still fulfill the mitzvah of Shofar and number two, that the correct nusach HaBofah, the correct text of the Bofah is the Shmoah Shofa rather than Litzkoah BaShofar. However, it's a little bit more complex than that. And here too the Rav went on to explain and introduce the following subtle distinction. There are a couple of Mishnaiyas in the third and fourth paragraph of Rosh Hashanah which tell us what happens if a kotah, what happens if a minor sounds the shofar? So I hear the tashrat, the tashat, the tarat from the kotah, or I hear it from a deaf mute who's not uh, obligated with mitzvahs, or I hear it from someone who's uh, deranged, a shelter. So as a harish shelter, the sounds the shofar, since the cheras shel is not obligated in the mitzvah, the Mishnah says that someone who hears the Shofa from this person, since he himself is not obligated in the mitzvah, so he cannot be motzi asheravim yidesh He cannot be the instrument through which others discharge their obligation, because again, if I'm going to fulfill my mitzvah by hanging on to someone else's coattails. I can only do it if he shares the same obligation that I do. And he's exempt from the mitzvah, and I'm obligated in the mitzvah, so that I can't latch onto his coattails to fulfill my mitzvah. And similarly, the Mishnah says, that's the Mishnah, in the third part of Rosh Hashanah, there's another Mishnah later in the fourth paddock of Rosh Hashanah, which says, what happens if someone sounds the shofar without, yeah, in, as it were, totally without intention, even to the point of not realizing what he's doing. That the, 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 the of blasts are, again, generated in a way which the halakha comes start saying. That the person is not even aware of what he's doing. Once again, even though it may be the most wonderful set of hashat, that you've ever heard in your life, but in terms of fulfilling the mitzvah, it's unacceptable. Because again, if he's not doing it for the sake of the mitzvah, so again, I can't latch on to that to fulfill my mitzvah. So the athronom puzzle, but if the mitzvah is just to hear the the mitzvah is just to hear the shofar, so what difference does it make who's sounding the shofar? What difference does it make whether that person is a minor, whether that person is obligated to the mitzvah or not, I'm independently fulfilling the mitzvah. When it comes to the mitzvah of Kiddush Friday night, so the mitzvah of Kiddush Friday night is we're all obligated not to listen to Kiddush, but in reality we're all obligated to recite Kiddush Friday night. So how is it that the the husband that the father makes Kiddush and everyone else listens? So we rely on the halakhic principle of Shomei Ka'ona, that one who listens, so for purposes of fulfilling a mitzvah, it's tantamount to having or created those same words, those same sounds. So when I listen to Kiddush Friday night, I'm not fulfilling my mitzvah by listening. I'm fulfilling my mitzvah because the halakha, with this principle of Shomer Ka'ona, says it's as if I heard, it's as if I heard, excuse me, it's as if I said the Kiddush myself. That's why it's recommended. It's not the... not absolutely necessary the Lord says our customers is to be lenient but it's certainly recommended that whenever one invokes this principle of on that that one should understand what it is that one's hearing so it's really optimal again the says it's not absolutely necessary but it's certainly optimal that one should familiarize oneself with the text of Kiddush with the meaning of Kiddush and the same holds true for any mitzvah which one is going to discharge by means of this halakhic principle of shomeya only. again, that listening is tantamount to having said or, again, produced those sounds. So now, if the mitzvah were to blow shofar, so then I would understand that I'm not fulfilling the mitzvah independently, it's by listening it's as if I had done the same thing he did. But if he's not obligated in the mitzvah, so that's a lesser performance in terms of my obligation. So I would understand that I can't hear a minor boshoshosh. But if in fact the mitzvah is simply listening, so why can't I be totally independent in fulfilling the mitzvah? It shouldn't make a difference who's sounding the blast. So the rav here introduced again is a subtle distinction. Again, we'll try to understand it as best we can after this we'll move into the uh, part. so the God introduced the function he said that even though the mitzvah is fulfilled or in his words even though the kiyum ha mitzvah the fulfillment of the mitzvah results only by hearing the shofar nevertheless the Torah still requires that the act of blowing the Torah still considers that part of one's mitzvah mitzvah so that we have a discrepancy, as it were. As the Torah says, part of the mandatory performance of Mitzvah Shofa is to blow Shofar. And, therefore, we do have recourse to Shomar Ka'onah. When we fulfill Mitzvah Shofar in Shul, this year we won't have the Mitzvah of Shofar, we'll only have the durabana on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, So we are relying and uh, we should be conscious of it, the Baal Sokeya should be conscious of it. We are relying on the halakhic principle of Shomei HaKa'onah because in fact it is required that one, not merely here, but part of one's performance, part of one's maistah HaMitzvah has to be sounding the shofar. But even though that's required on the level of the performance, in terms of what constitutes the fulfillment of the mitzvah in the world's words, the key mitzvah, that is only accomplished through shmioh. So we have a strange kind of hybrid mitzvah here, a strange combination, that both tikiyah and shmioh, both the sounding of the shofar as well as hearing the shofar, are crucial and indispensable. Again, how does that express itself halachically? It expresses itself halachically that it's not enough to merely hear the shofar, but one has to have a part in the sounding of the shofar. How does that happen? Again, through the halachic principle of Shomer Ta'onah. The same way all of us fulfill Kiddush Friday night, even the one decides the Kiddush. But the principle of Shomer Ta'onah says it is this each of us individually recited, so too, it's as if each of us blew the shofar, each of us have then participated in that master Mitzvah, in that requisite performance of the mitzvah. However, unlike Kiddush, which doesn't have this distinction within it, shofar, the Torah says, even though we require that you sound the shofar, but the mitzvah is only fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Right? That has to culminate and the mitzvah is only fulfilled when you hear the shofar. Practically, we both have to blow the shofar and hear the shofar again. How does that, just to sum up the, the first part of our discussion, in the mitzvah shofar, how does that play out practically? That the fact that everyone has to sound the shofar is why the person who sounds the shofar and show must be obligated in the mitzvah, can't be a minor, can't be a deaf mute. Etc. Number two, that person, as well as all of us who are listening, have to have in mind that we're applying the principle of Shomei That reflects the fact that the tekiah, that the blowing, is an integral part of the performance. On the other hand, the fact that the mitzvah is only fulfilled through the hearing of those blasts is what determines the text of our Rafa, and in the opinion of the Lambam is what would validate this is not exactly recommended practice but what would validate one's mitzvah even if one used a shofar ha even if one used a stolen shofar ok Let, let's now take some time to reflect a little bit together al fiya what this again strange configuration within the mitzvah of shofar represents the fact that the Torah insists that both the tzikiyah and the shmiyah, both the sounding of the shofar, as well as hearing the sound of the shofar, be part, integral, indispensable parts of the mitzvah. So first we need one preliminary again. From the world's teachings with the to Mr. Shofa, and again, all of this is, is being compressed, it's worth, and uh, sometime when, when time allows, should be elaborated. The Rove pointed to, again, there are many, many truths with which you many of you are undoubtedly familiar. The Gemara Rosh Hashanah on Prabhom the Beis has the following dispute amongst the Master Tanayim, as to what the shape of the shelf is supposed to be. Whether or not the shelf is supposed to be a straight horn, or whether or not the shelf is supposed to be a bent, round, or curved horn. Of course, our practice follows the opinion that it should be a curved horn, right? which is why the shelf you see in the show is never straight but it's always curved. Now what's the basis for this dispute as to what the shape of the shofar is, whether or not it should be straight, whether it should be curved? So the word as follows. The nitro Misleget, right, from what points would the Tanoim argue? Ma'at-Zohar, the Rosh Hashanah, tameh zayte One master holds, that on Rosh Hashanah the more a person bows his mind the better it is Umar and the other master the Tana who disputes him says with Rosh Hashanah Kamah in his deity that on Rosh Hashanah the more a person straightens his mind is better is preferable what does that mean whether a person's mind should be straightened, whether a person's mind should be bent in submission. So Rashi elaborates and says, Kama the Kaya finish. The more a person bows his mind, it is preferable. Rashi says, That in engaging in and prayer, so the more bent the person is, symbolizing submission, the better it is. And the pasuk which serves as the source of this opinion, is That, that one's eyes and one's heart, again, representing submission, are uh, focused downward when engaging in shpiloh. The other opinion says, The in is that on Rosh Hashanah, the more a person straightens his mind, the better it is. Stay my like... So Rashi again, this time stating a verse from the Yisrael Nisotim Barbeinu and Kaphoyim El Kerov HaShomoyim But we lift our hearts directly after HaTadoshvot in Shomayim So in other words, both Muse and the Tanoyim say that the shape of the Shofar should reflect the ideal posture for Tefillah The opinion that maintains the Shofar should be bent says that's the ideal posture of the And the opinion that maintained that the shofar should be straight says that. That reflects the ideal posture of the But we're talking about mitzvah shofar. We're not discussing about, again, the posture that we adopt during Shemahetzeh. We're talking about mitzvah shofar. So that's what the Rosh said that you see from Izgivah and from many others that mitzvah shofar is a form of mitzvah t'pilot. That the shofar is a form of tfilah. That the call shofar is an inarticulate cry of tfilah. Hence, it's entirely natural that the shape of the shofar should reflect the ideal posture of tfilah. That's one, again, perspective on the mitzvah of shofar. Or, in other words, according to this perspective, Whose call, whose voice is it that cries out in the shofar? It's our voice, right? It's our call shofar. Just as in Pashas Bhalos, the Torah tells us that when we uh, when we blow as and as the Torah is talking about using the so. It's not talking about using the trumpet. It's not talking about the using the shofar, true. But the Torah talks about when we blow a tkia, when we blow a trua, When it was to signify that the, that the camps should the travel in the desert. When it was that they should gather together around the mishkan. So the call of tekiyah of tshuah, the call of shofar is our call. It's our cry. It's our voice that's being sounded. It's a cry, this is explained, developed very much in Surfei Chasidus which expresses something so basic and so primal that it's something which we can't even articulate. A cry of of, of despair, of helplessness, of desperation, HaGadosh which perhaps can be poorly paraphrased but certainly not eloquently articulated and that's what the Kalsha-Aufa is. Similarly the Trua, again the Gnardic <coughs> process whether it's the Shavarim which replicates a side a crest or whether it's our Trua which is modeled on the, on the crying sound, or whether it's the combination thereof of shvaram truva, is also our cry to HaKadosh Barothu, calling out to HaKadosh Barothu. On the other hand, we find that kol shofar is also used by HaKadosh Barothu to communicate with us. And again, these are tukim that we cite in the shofar's portion of the Moshe Shvaneser and Moshe Shoshone and, and the Shofar's portion in the 10th Sukim. So if you look at the psukin, so you'll see that the Sukim, again, cite instances of the Kol Shofar where the Kol Shofar is not our cry to HaKadosh Baruch but is rather the HaKadosh Baruch Hu's calling out to us. Whether it was the Kol Shofar, which I come to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that the, uh, the voice sound of the shofar grew stronger and more intense, or whether it's uh, the apostle describing the call shofar which will herald the coming of Mashiach, the shofar god, Although on that day a great shofar will be sounded. Then comes the song, and then those who were lost, those who were who were pushed into into exile in, 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 in Egypt will return to Yerushalayim So who's sounding the call Shofar here? It's no longer our it's no longer our sound, it's, it's no longer our cry. It's rather the sound of HaKodesh Boruch It's the Kol Godol of HaKodesh Boruch which is addressing each and every one of us. So we find in the Torah that Kol Shofur is used two ways. It's used as our way of reaching out, of communicating to HaKodesh but HaKodesh speaks the same language. He also, he also communicates to us through the Kol Shofur. Now you know that the basic Definition of Mitzvah Shofar the Gemara explains, is, is that the Trua, or permutations of the Trua, right? The shvarim Trua, the shvarim or the Trua. So let's just refer to that now generically as Trua. The Trua is the centerpiece of each line of Skiya Shofar and the Gemara then derives from the that that it's supposed to be. Cushioned in between a tzakiyah before and a tzakiyah afterwards. Shuta le shuta tzutta la a simple straight line. the tzakiyah the preceding the trua, shuta la That's the basic, again, the basic component of the mitzvah, which is. Repeat it, right? We repeat it three times with Shran, two it, three times with shroud, three times with true, but in each case we follow that same pattern of truth for no chutilakara. Here too is interestingly, again that same double tikia. That same double tiki. What, what, what does what is that represent? So we have here again that calls shofer is the call of Akkadah but it's also our call. It's our call to The shape of the shofar is dictated by this fila, but it's also the call of Akkadah answering us, responding to us. The mitzvah of shofar is to have a trua. one, the two tias. Why the two tias? Isn't that redundant? So the answer apparently is as follows that the cycle of shuvah. Has to begin with a person crying out, calling out to Hakodesh Baraku. A person has to sound the kiya, not just hear the Taqiyah passively. A person has to reach out for Hakodesh Baraku. A person has to look inside of himself, make a cheshvin or netfesh, make an introspection, realize what his flaws are, and reach out to Hakodesh Baraku, call out to Hakodesh Baraku. To sound the truth of the phone. Then a person talking to Halkona Tabalaku is just overwhelmed by the sense of embarrassment, humiliation, and despair at how many, how many errors of omission and commission he has committed, he has been guilty of during the past year. And that's manifest in the shvarim, in the truah, in the sigh, in the cry. But then the cycle is not complete yet. It's not enough that a person cries out to a It's not even enough that a person is so devastated by the acute awareness of faith that he breaks down in front of a and and sounds the shvarim, sounds the truah, a person has to listen to Baruch's response. A person has to hear not only his own, a person has to not only blow the shofar, it's not enough to have this kiyar, a person also has to hear. Hence, the Torah says that the mitzvah is comprised of both. It's necessary to blow the shofar, you also have to hear the shofar. You have to blow the shofar, because the call shofar represents our call to HaKodesh Baruch If we're not looking for HaKodesh Baruch if we're not sensitized to finding, to recognizing, to acknowledging His presence in our life, the hand of HaKodesh Baruch His providential hand in our lives, then we won't. No matter how, no matter how active and evident it really, truthfully is, unless we sound the call unless we take the initiative to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to us, we sound a Kol Shofar, or uh, we'll be captured in Sashama if Hashem will you'll see HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so then we'll never hear the Kol Shofar. But having sounded the Shofar, the Torah says, mm-hmm. the Torah says, the Mitzvah, the cycle is only closed, the circle is only closed. The Mitzvah culminates when a person hears the Kol Shofar. What does it mean not just to blow the call shofar? To blow the shofar means to call out Hathanj Bharuku. To use the call shofar as our medium of communicating with Hassanj Bharatu. To hear the call shofar means to use the call shofar to allow Hassan Bharatu to use the call shofar as his medium of responding to us as answering to us. So what are we supposed to hear? in HaKadosh Barofu's Kol shofar, Our Kol shofar is a cry for help. A cry of helplessness, a recognition of total utter dependence and vulnerability on HaKadosh Barofu, a desire to transcend the pettiness which has shackled us all year and to come close to HaKadosh Barofu. That's what's being expressed in our Kol shofar. What is it that we're supposed to hear in the end of why is it that it's not enough just to blow the shofar but we have to hear the shofar as well what are we supposed to hear in HaKozhvoth was called shofar when the call shofar is his medium for communicating with us so first of all we don't even have to read between the musical notes on the most prosaic level and sometimes we, we, we have a tendency to search for profundity, which is fine and good, and we overlook what's most basic and what's most fundamental. So first of all, we're supposed to not just be able to, before we try to read between the musical notes, we're just supposed to hear the musical notes. I thought, as well as co-shofer is, are you simply listening to Mar or Catholicish meaning? Do we live by the Schofano? Can 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 I look in the mirror, Av Vash Hashanah, and see looking back at me, someone who can describe be described as uh, a phrase which used to be used in Yiddish as a here, as the person who regulates his life before Shabbos During the week, so does my behavior reflect what it says in the Shulchan Aruch? Do I abstain from talking? Am I immersed in law or am I remiss? Am I not listening to that cold shofar for HaTadosh calling out to me and telling me how I should be conducting myself? Is my Shabbos a Shabbos? The Navi says that our conversation of Shabbos should differ from our conversation all week. It shouldn't be about business. It shouldn't be about the stock market everything should be upgraded, everything should be raised, but one march on Shabbos. We're not reading between the notes here like of we're just looking at the notes, the most basic and fundamental message of the cold goggle of HaSinai that HaKadosh Baruch Hu answers yes, here I am, I listen to my cold goggle, listen to my cold gobble. when you come to show the are of you, you talking to your neighbor that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu asks me, he asks each of us what's our Shabbos like? When we go to business so how do we conduct ourselves? When we conduct ourselves according to the norms of the business world around us even when they don't correspond to the norms of Torah or do we hold ourselves to a higher standard, to the standard of Torah in business ethics in our personal, in our private lives, or do we periodically review us need the governing relationships between husband and wife to know the various kapotos that Hadar introduced during those uh, two weeks or so in the month when, when husband and, and wife are supposed to be distant or do we know all the halakos can I hand this to my wife? Can I not hand to my wife? Do I review these homosas? That's what Hakar Swau says. In the culture, again it's basic, it's prosaic, it's not saying anything new. He's saying the same thing she told us to have seen thousands of years ago. But sometimes, sometimes we get so caught up in our routines and sometimes we get ensneared in that habit that we that we become temporarily deaf. To pass to that Koshofa. So, first here, yeah, we have to call out to Hakodesh otherwise, we don't hear him answering us. But it's not enough that we employ the Koshofa as our medium. The key of our mitzvah, as the Rav explained, can only be attained if we're willing to listen to the shofa as Hakodesh Vos, as a medium as well. But what else is contained in the Baum Shom's Koshofa? And this perhaps is a little bit between the notes, maybe in the notes. What else is contained in the Kul Shofar? What else is contained in the Kul Shofar is, is what the says to each and every one of us. Is your religious quest, your religious pursuit, are you humbly trying to find out more Hashem or are you trying to place your imprint on the Torah and try to mold the Torah according to what you would like the Torah to tell us. Are you only sounding the Chuta LeFaneha, which represents your quest for the Ivan Shalom? Or are you listening in return? Are you listening in return? That's what I told you said. Are you listening in return? Again, it means from the most trivial to the most major. It means when you're learning a Vlatyamara. So are you trying to mold it according to your way of thinking? Or are you trying to assimilate the Gemara's way of thinking? And it means in general, and all the hot button topics of the day, so how are we approaching it? Are we approaching it, again, humbly, trying to find out what the Torah's position is? Or are we coming, no, we're only sounding alakoshofa, but not necessarily listening to the Torah's response of what the Torah won us what I courage of who have after us. And hopefully, Rosham should give us the strength to be Mikhail kind of Mitzvah Shofar, Lechovit, Tukerah. With all that he's doing, we should be able to fulfill the Mitzvah Shofar, we should sound the Shofar, and even more importantly, that should only be a ten ultimate stage, we should reach the ultimate stage of hearing the whole Shofar as well, but Marshal will get the show name of him. and that's of course, Shalom, and I look I see